This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Shed. Good chat there with Jack Michaels, who is a little bit unpredictable always when he's on the phone line with me, but uh, I like having him on the show. He's having a good day in Manhattan. can also tell you this today, the Edmonton Stingers of the CEBL, pretty good franchise, have uh, are going to have a new coach, Jermaine Small, who's been the coach and general manager, will not return for a fifth season in 2023. He uh, has been released from his contract so that he can focus full-time on his role as head coach of the uh, men's team at the University of Lethbridge. Of course, the uh, Stingers have been a very, very good team with a couple of league championships. They were sixth this last season with a record of 10-10, and 10, lost to Saskatchewan in the opening round of the playoffs. That's a pretty fun uh, brand of basketball in the CBL. So the Stingers will be looking for a new coach. Football tonight. Pretty entertaining first half, about a minute and a half to go. Vikings up 16-13. On the Patriots earlier, Buffalo knocking off Detroit 28-25. Dallas beat the uh, New York Giants 28-20. The Oilers were off today. They will practice tomorrow. They will play the Rangers on Saturday. 9.30 for the face-off show here on 6.30, Chet, and the puck will drop at 11. So last night, uh, it's been changed back to 49 shots. That is the 12th most shots an NHL team has ever had in a shutout. And it's the most the Oilers have ever had in a shutout. The previous record for the Oilers was 46. That was on December 14th, 2017. UC Soros of the Nashville Predators made 46 saves. The Oilers lost uh, 4-0 to the Preds. The all-time record for saves in a shutout belongs... Uh, Belongs to um, Ben Scrivens of the Oilers, January 29, 2014. 59 saves against San Jose. I remember that game very well. The Oilers were obviously completely dominated, yet, uh, yet won the game. Brent Burns had eight shots on goal. And in a scoreless tie on December 10th, 1996, Curtis Joseph made 52 saves. So that's the fifth most saves ever in a shutout. So if you look at uh, if you look at saves in a shutout, the Oilers have two of the top five performances. Scrivens at number one with 59 saves. Cujo at number five with 52 saves. The Oilers were outshot 52-21. Chris Osgood also got a shutout. That would have been a 65-minute game because uh, that was the old five-on-five -five overtime format with no shootouts. So anyway, just some... Just some tidbits for you, tidbits of information about uh, goaltender shutouts. Yeah, I had a couple phone calls about the Oilers earlier at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. 
Yeah, the, the continued discussion with the team is what is what is wrong? What are they missing? What are they not able to do that they were able to do last year? Now, uh, we had, the I think it was Brian that called in earlier, and obviously, we, you know, we've talked about this at times. There's no Mike Smith. There's no Duncan Keith, who I think last year probably took about 15 to 20 games to really settle in as a member of the Edmonton Oilers, but then was, was fairly good after that. I mean, we knew he was at the tail end of his career, didn't move as well as he did, but I, I think there was a certain game Shift and and toughness and sometimes even dirtiness from Duncan Keith that that helped and with Mike Smith as as much as he could be a little up and down as a goaltender um, and I know sometimes he played the puck and he gave it away but he played the puck a lot and, and made a lot of really good plays and, and I think he did alleviate some of the pressure on the defense and I and I think if I had to pick one thing that that would probably be it though as I said earlier it's more than one thing and and I don't think. It's a total disaster in any area, but there are a lot of areas that aren't quite up to par. But if you did press me to say one thing, I'd say, well, it's the defenseman, you know, able to handle that pressure and, and either get the puck out under pressure or or play sturdy down low and, and knock players down in front of the net and kill the cycle and things like that. Though I, though I do think when we discuss the defensive play of the team, um, you factor the forwards into that. Is there enough back pressure? Are there forwards, you know, stopping on the puck, taking their man? Um, there was that chance late in the second period. Was it in the second period? No, sorry, it was late in the first. It was that one with seven seconds left in the first period. Brock Nelson was all alone in front, and Rob made the point. He said, that's Connor McDavid's man. He's got to be on him. So it's uh, it's it's top guys. It's depth guys. Um, it's it's most of the defensemen. I, I think a couple defensemen are having tougher years than, than some of the other guys. But you kind of get the sense everybody has a little more to give. Now, the question is, um, do they... Do they have more to give and they're not quite able to give it yet? Or, or is maybe this the player that they are? Which it, it might be even more concerning if, if you just have players that are currently playing to their potential and it's not quite good enough. I like to be optimistic and think, okay, there is a way for this team to figure it out. That there, there are players who can get back to the form they were at last year in the playoffs or or whenever, um, but we haven't been seeing enough of it, or, or even earlier this season. I mean, to, to, again, and I'm, I'm going to single out a couple players. It's not all on these guys, but just to give examples, you know, Ryan McLeod had three goals in the first six games of the season. Well, there's nothing since then, right? So, you know, there's a player who appeared to be Okay, there's a third-line player who's probably going to get us, you know, 14, 15, 16 goals. Now, all of a sudden, he's no longer on pace for that. So, you know, there hasn't been the finish there. Clearly, the penalty killing has been disappointment. Jack Campbell has had... I, I actually thought Campbell played well last night. Uh, I mean, the shorthanded goal, that's a guy left all alone in front. The power play goal by Peugeot, that's a tough one. Ticks off his own player on a pass across and goes in. So, you know, that's a tough one. The third one, I don't think Rob and I talked about that last night. The, the third one, um, was that another one that kind of flicked off his glove that looked like he was going to catch and then it, then it went in? Because if so, that'd be the third one this season. Now, having said that, there was also a wide-open man in front who got to step into a shot and one-time it. So maybe that was just the, the quality of that shot that, that allowed it to power through. But... Uh, 
you know, I, again, I didn't think Campbell was bad last night. You you allow three, I think, as a goaltender in this day and age, you're probably giving your chance, your team a chance to win most of the time. But Sorokin wasn't giving up anything at the other end. But yeah, Campbell, despite last night and a couple of other games, you know, hasn't been great. So th there's a lot of things here where it's like, okay, this guy needs to be. 10 or 20 percent better or this unit needs to be 10 or 20 percent better you know the pk needs to be a little bit better get up closer to 80 percent even if they're an average unit I, I mean if the orders have an average penalty killing unit and then their power play stays in the top three you're, you're going to win the special teams battles most of the night so all these things all these things and and the, the concern that i have is now we are at the 20 game mark we are at american thanksgiving and and we're still sitting here talking about the same things we talked about after game two after game four after game six in a lot of cases and and again where are we at again if one of the big guys doesn't score who scores now the oilers have one more big guy than they used to because i'm talking about zach hyman i won't include evander kane right now it used to be the big three Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle, and McDavid. Now they have Hyman as a pretty consistent off offensive player. Who's doing anything after that? So uh, I, I do have con concerns about the Oilers. They're, they're not meeting my expectations. I don't think they're meeting a lot of people's expectations. I'm certainly not writing them off. It's not a disaster, but if, if they keep going here, win one, lose one, or, you know, around 500 most of the season, eventually you're going to get to the middle of March and be like, oh, geez, like we're eight points out of the playoffs. Like we got to go undefeated the rest of the way to get in. So there, there has to be a burst before that. Jack thinks the schedule is an issue. Um, fair enough. He defends his argument well. Uh, I, and, and yes, there, there are certainly some teams who aren't doing very well who the Oilers have yet to play. They have not played Anaheim, who are last in the league. They got a couple games against Ottawa. Uh, they have yet to play. The Ottawa has, except for that, the shortened year, Ottawa wins every game at Rogers Place. Uh, Chicago is 30th. They beat Chicago. They play them again next week. They haven't played Columbus, who are, are a bad team. They haven't played Arizona, who are not doing well. They haven't played San Jose, who are not doing well. Fair comment. Uh, you know, so you hope you can take advantage of those games. My counter to that would be, if you want to be a good team, you got to beat other good teams most of the time. Not saying 100% of the time. I'm not even saying 80% of the time. You know, 60% of the time. You know, 65% of the I don't know. Or get points out of those games. Uh, like good, good teams have tough schedules and still do win more often than not. So if if that's if if that's the challenge, okay. Well, go 500 against in this tough schedule and pound the weak teams. Okay, fine. You better pound the weak teams. You better get those points. All right, uh, 780-496-0063. We will, oh my God, we're going to name the animal. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, it's called the Hockey Can't Stop Tour. The Ukrainian U-25 national team playing some Canadian university opponents, including the Alberta Golden Bears, on January 3rd at Claire Drake Arena. Golden Bears head coach Ian Herbers is on the line. Ian, thanks for hopping on tonight. Uh, pretty cool opportunity here to, to, here to play uh, the, the Ukrainian national team in January. Uh, 
that's for sure, Reed. It was something that's come out of the blue. Uh, Gordon Miller contacted me. Uh, actually, Jay Woodcroft is the one that gave him my name and figured I might be able to help him up setting it up. Uh, fortunately, the Canada West teams have jumped in. There's four teams, including us. Uh, we all get a game to play against them around New Year's um, for preparation for them for going to the FISU games, but also to help raise money for the hockey community back in Ukraine. As you know, things aren't great there right now, so rinks, equipment, uh, training, and everything else. So trying to raise a little bit of money for the programs over in Ukraine. Yeah, all the ticket sale profits will go to the Canada-Ukraine Foundation, and uh, they'll get uh, funds to save Ukrainian hockey, which is uh, a charitable foundation operated by the Ukrainian Ice Hockey Federation. So it's a it's a great cause. But people can grab their tickets for this game. And I also think uh, for you guys, Ian, I, I mean, I know coming out of Christmas, you like to get the team uh, going again. I mean, you're, you're playing like a national team. I, I would expect this is going to be a, a pretty fun game to be a part of and very competitive. Yeah, uh, with it, especially we played Mount Royal that first weekend, so a tough weekend for us. We need to make sure we're ready. Uh, so get an international game. We're always looking for different challenges and competition for our players. Um, so this will be a good opportunity for our guys to, to see a different way of playing, a different style of play, not playing the same teams, Calgary, Mount Royal, or, or Nate, or any of the ACAC teams. So looking forward to it. Hopefully get a chance to talk with their coaches and discuss hockey talk hockey and see who has any different ideas or thoughts and maybe there's a different way of looking at things or approaching things. Uh, I, I believe it's Calgary home and home this weekend. You guys are first in Canada West. They're third uh, and I believe in their last 10 games they're the hottest team in Canada West. Tell us about the challenges the Dinos present. Uh, they're playing very well right now. Uh, they're more disciplined than they have in the, been in the past, I think, because they're one of the lowest penalized teams in the league. Uh, playing very detailed. They don't give up much. They make you earn everything you get. Uh, when they get their opportunities, they bury it. And they've been good on the power play, and specialty teams. Their goalies have played well. They're playing four lines, uh, three pairs of defensemen, and just rolling and just playing a very simple, hardworking, uh, meat and potato game, and it's been very effective for them. All right. Ian, uh, you coach a team that often outshoots its opponent. Usually it, that results in a victory. In the course of your coaching career at the U of A, there have been a couple times, of course, where you've gotten goalied, as is the phrase, including a, a big game of Nationals a few years ago. Uh, the Oilers got 50 shots last night. What's it like coaching in a game like that? Uh, like, do you, do you try to make changes? Do you just try to tell the guys, like, look, just, just keep shooting and believe in what you're doing? What's it like being on the bench? Well, a lot of times when that happens to us, we're not getting enough net presence and not enough second and third opportunities, uh, making those shots easy, easy for the goalie. They're from the perimeter, nobody in his eye. So you need to get those deflections, rebounds, uh, getting those greasy goals, I guess, or we'll call them playoff goals, June goals, uh, where it's the second, third opportunity on a rebounds and you're just outworking the opponent and being strong in their net front. And definitely just keep shooting and keep going at it. And I guess the big thing is, guys not getting to try and do it by themselves or being individuals and stick with the team game and the team plan. All right. Ian, thanks for hopping on. Always love having you on the show. Uh, good luck this weekend, and thanks for telling us about the game against the Ukrainian national team. That's awesome you guys are doing that. 
Great. Thank you, Reed. That is Ian Herbers, Golden Bears hockey head coach. So January 3rd at Claire, Claire Drake, Golden Bears against the Ukrainian U25 national team. Ticket sale profits to the Canada-Ukraine Foundation, and they're going to disperse the majority of the funds to uh, to save Ukrainian hockey. That's a charitable foundation operated by the Ukrainian Ice Hockey Federation. Okay, good to have uh, Ian on the show. 7.52 is the time of day. Tomorrow... Grey Cup champion Justin Lawrence, Edmontonian, playing for the Toronto Argos, U of A grad. He's uh, going to join us, and we'll get uh, a look at the New York Rangers with Dave Maloney, who's uh, always fun to have on the program as well. We're going to wrap up tonight with our award-winning segment. It's called Name the Animal. So Kellen either has an animal with him down the hallway in the control room, or he recorded an animal earlier here from the uh, 6.30 Ched Animal Sanctuary, which is adjacent to the 630 Shed Broadcasting Compound. And from just from the sound the animal makes, I will try to name the animal. Now, this is not a contest. You can help me by tweeting me, emailing me, texting me, phoning me, writing me a letter. Uh, but you, you can't win. It's This is for purely for entertainment and educational purposes. All right, Kellen, with no further ado, I will now attempt to name the animal. Well, just quickly, you also added a couple of uh, uh, conditions for today. Yes, can't be a turkey and it can't be an ostrich. That's correct. All those so can... ostriches held that, where was that, in Tabor? That's right. They're tr they, they were trying to steal corn. That's what they were doing. <laughs> exactly. At the last little bits of corn. All right, here we go. Uh, name the animal in three, two, and one. <laughs> Can you play that again? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. See, at first it sounds like some sort of a carnivore, and then I, I don't know if there's water or something at the end there. Um, wow, that's a good one. Is it? Is it a? Uh, is it a mountain lion? It is not a mountain lion. Okay, no. so. Um, you are correct on the carnivore uh, wavelength, though. Okay, so is there... All right, so it is some sort of a carnivore. Is it a tiger? It is not a tiger. All right, uh, but it is some sort of a carnivore. So I would assume this, this is something that the average human would not want to encounter. Uh, definitely something that the average human all right, would not so want to encounter. All right, so I said, I, I, said li <laughs> well, I said mountain lion, lion. No, it is not a lion. Lion, tiger... It is, uh, is, it is, it a, is it a mammal? Like, is it furry? It is not furry, no. Okay, is it a hippo? It is not a hippo. Is it a rhino? No. Uh, okay, so it's not furry. So it's not a feline, like a nasty feline, like a cougar or a leopard or something. Um, is it a... But it's, it's sorry, it's not a... It, is it aquatic? Uh, it can spend some time in the water. It, it's, it's amphibious. So land and water. Did I say crocodile? No. Did I say and alligator? No. And no. Oh, I'm running. Is, is it a horned toad? <laughs> it is not a horned toad. <laughs> uh, are, do these live in Edmonton? Uh, they better not. <laughs> is it bigger than a, uh, than a 
than a German Shepherd? Uh, about the same size of a German Shepherd, maybe a little bit bigger. Okay, and is it slimy? Uh, it can be, I think. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> you're, you're, you don't even know. Okay, uh, so it's, it, it's, it lives in both land and water. Yes. Uh, and it, it's not in Edmonton, unless it's in a, the zoo or something. Mm. Okay, you got to give me another hint, because we're in the last minute of the show. Right, so reptile and... It's a lizard, some sort of lizard. It's a big lizard. So it's, it's a big lizard, uh, a chameleon. No, a little larger than a Komodo, uh, a Komodo, a a Komodo dragon. That's it. It's Boom. a Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon. Wow, that's a, okay. <laughs> All right. I like that one. Well, there we go, everybody. That's what a Komodo dragon sounds like. You have learned something once again. Uh, Kellen Kennedy's the studio producer. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. My name is Reed. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 6.